So you remember those. So we, it's kind of the same today. There's all kinds of voices out there, and uh, we've been talking about hearing God's voice, and and uh, and so we want to tonight. We want to talk about recognizing God's voice. Our theme verse has been John chapter ten, verses three through five. It says, "The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. That's the shepherd." And look at this: the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. So Jesus is our shepherd. And, and we want to recognize his voice so we can go to him and be with him. He said he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And after he's gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them. Now, Pastor Kathy was kind of talking about this a little bit Sunday. We've been to Israel. And believe it or not, they still have shepherds that lead sheep around over there. I mean, our bus had to wait for some of them to cross one time. And you'll be riding, you know, through an older part of the city and you'll see them. There's a shepherd with sheep, you know. It's like, imagine yourself driving up Manhattan and all of a sudden, whoop, got to stop, bunch of sheep coming across. Well, that's kind of what happens there. And, and the, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, Jesus said, and they follow him. And, uh, and so uh, we want to hear his voice. They, we want to be able to, to hear God's voice and recognize his voice. See, I've been saying this, God doesn't have a talking problem. He's speaking, we just don't hear him. And, uh, and sometimes when we hear him, we don't, we don't pay attention. And, and so uh, we want to hear God. It says the sheep, Jesus said, the sheep follow a str- won't follow a stranger. They'll actually run from the stranger because they don't know his voice. That's where we've got to get to. We've got too many people in our culture today that we don't recognize Jesus' voice from these other voices, and we don't run from the voices we need to run away from. And there are voices in our culture and the voices in our minds uh, that, that we need to run away from. We're going to find out tonight, and you need to understand, the devil has a voice, and, and he'll imitate God as much as he can to get you away from God. And, and so week one, we talked about the importance of having your heart prepared. And, and uh, you know, we, we talked about that and, and getting your heart right. When we talked about God wants to speak to us in week two, a lot of people think, well, God quit talking to people when the last apostle died. You know, he didn't. He's talking to people all the time. And then uh, then last week, or my last time we preached, last week uh, Steve preached on the love of God. And uh, then, then the time before that, I talked about the whispers of God. See, God speaks in a lot of different ways. The way you don't want him to speak is the baseball bat method. See, he speaks. We talked about the whispers of God. And, and I want to hear the whispers of God. I don't want to have to hear the lightning bolt talk, all right? You know, and, uh, and so because God will get your attention. God will get your attention. If God is after you, he won't let you go. Let me tell you, my life was miserable. Everybody said miserable. Until I gave in to God calling me back into the ministry. I knew I was supposed to be in the ministry. I was working in hospital work, and I thought I liked it, and, uh, and I did. But he began to make that miserable. And, uh, and so He'll, he'll, he'll use a little bit more than a sm- small voice if you don't listen to it. But tonight we want to talk about recognizing God's voice. So how do we know that it's God's voice we hear, not the devil's? Or God's voice that we hear and, and not somebody else? Or God's voice that we hear and it wasn't, you know, maybe you had the anchovies on your pizza the night before. I don't know. But, you know, we, we, how do we know we're hearing from God? I mean, you know, you... you and, and let me tell you, you might have somebody that's going to come up to you at some point, and they say, I've got a word for you. I mean, how many of you ever had that happen? I've had that happen, and people totally missed it. It's just like, 
you know, I, 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 I love you, but, you know, you, you're off base today, you know. And, and Pastor Kathy had people coming up. Uh, some people said, oh, yeah, Robert's the right one for you. And then others are going, oh, no, he's not the one. All these are godly people. And all those that were saying no, they just missed God completely, you know what I mean? And uh, fortunately, she listened to the godly voices that were saying, Mary, Robert, you know, and um, all that kind of stuff. And, but here's the thing. Some people say, well, that shouldn't happen. Sure it is. We, we all want to hear from God. We believe God speaks to all of us. And, but sometimes we don't hear him right. And, and so we need to give a little grace. Let me give you an example of that. Remember when uh, Jesus asked the disciples, who do, the, who do people say I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Remember that? And, uh, you know, go Peter, you know. And, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, and Jesus said, great, great word, Peter, and I'm going to build my church on that confession. About five minutes later, Jesus is talking about, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter says, never. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, Peter went from I'm going to build my church on you to get behind me, Satan, in just minutes. So if Peter can miss it, we can give each other some grace when we miss it, all right? And so, but Peter heard from God. We want to hear from God. So we need the instruction of some verses, and we're going to look at some. First John 4, 1, uh, John says this, Dear friends, he's talking to us. He said, don't believe everyone who claims to speak by spirit. Some people... It's not the Holy Spirit they're speaking from, okay? It might be a spirit of manipulation or whatever they're trying to get you to do. He said, you must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. So he's saying, hey, test the spirits. Now, sometimes this is easy. You know, if somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor Robert, I believe the Lord's telling me to leave my husband and go marry this guy. You miss God, all right? I mean, you missed him. Or, or Pastor Robert. Hey, you know, I think I'm supposed to, to move in with this person. No, you miss God. Or Pastor Robert, hey, you know, is it okay to, to lie to get a promotion? No, you miss God. I mean, some of those are easy. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we need to test the spirits. And if somebody's telling you some of those things, then uh, they're missing God. And so we, we want to test those spirits. Proverbs says it like this. There's a path before each person that seems right. You know, a lot of times, I mean, you just, especially this last year when we were isolated, right? Anybody's minds kind of went crazy during that time? I mean, you know, some of y'all got overactive minds. I know y'all. And, and, and you start thinking some crazy things, and, and then, but there's a path that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. It leads to death of relationships, death of, of uh, dreams and goals and, and work and family. I mean, it, it just can destroy So. We've got to hear from God. Now, listen, a lot of people think, well, God just wants me to be happy, and I'll be more happy with him than, than, than him. And, and it's not that, not that way. Let me tell you, the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. And if it is, there's more of something over there. There's more fertilizer over there, okay? But, you know, if you water your own grass, you're going to be okay. So let's look at several ways we can know we're hearing from God. <clears throat> look at these and... And, and go through these. Number one, does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? See, God's voice will never contradict. The Holy Spirit will never contradict what he's already written. The Holy Spirit's not going to contradict what he's written. I'm going to give an example, and, 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 and this isn't what we're talking about, and I'm going to give several examples. But one is in Matthew 19. It says some Pharisees came and tried to trap him, him being Jesus, with this question. 
Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for any reason? Now, the reason they were asking that question is that at this time, a guy, a woman couldn't do this, but a guy could do this where he could, if you burnt the toast, he could divorce you. I mean, whatever. He, he, you know, she had bad breath this morning. I'm divorcing her. I mean, you know, uh, you know and, and so, yeah, she bore me a child, but it was ugly, so I'm divorcing her. I mean, you know, whatever the reason... He could divorce her. And, 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 and look here, Jesus doesn't even answer him. He said, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for any reason? Haven't you read the scripture Jesus said? In other words, he's saying, why are you asking me? It's, it's written down. The answer that's written down. I, I, I mean, that's like, that's like he said, haven't you read the scriptures? I mean, you know, he, he's saying the answer's already been written down in the Bible. Why are you asking this opinion of me? You know, we got a lot of things that, that we used to call sin that we don't call sin anymore. And, and people will ask, well, is this okay? Well, why are you asking? It's written down. Is, is it okay for me to, to lie to get that promotion? No, the Bible says lying's wrong, right? It's a sin. Is, is it all right for me to, to, to cheat on my wife or my husband? No, that's called adultery. That's one of the big ten. And, uh, you know, it's not one of the smaller 500. That's a big ten. Is, is it all right for me? What about a little white lie, Robert? I mean, you know. Uh, a little one, you know, and uh, just, just so I can get that raised. All right, for me to treat my wife mean or my husband mean? No. Hadn't you read the scriptures where he said, is it all right for me to be harsh? No, he says even tell the truth in what? Love. And so, see, there's a lot of things that Jesus would just say, hey, look, it's written down. It's kind of like a guy when I got saved. We'd always go to this guy for advice, and he'd say, you already looked up the answer to that, and you just hadn't done what the answer was. And he'd say, you know, and so he wouldn't give us another answer. And, and that's what God's saying. Jesus said, hey, it's written down. It's written down. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, we've got to learn, learn that. So it, does it line up with the Bible? Does it line? Look at this truth. And though heaven and earth shall pass away, yet my words will remain forever true. My words will remain forever true. In other words, the Word of God isn't going anywhere. What Jesus said 2,000 years ago is true then, it's true today. What, he said, what, you know, what Paul said 2,000 years ago is still true today. When Paul said, hey, look, don't hate somebody, forgive them, it's still true today. When he said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, he, that's still true today. When he's saying, flee sexual immorality, then that's still true today. Today, that doesn't mean that even means if it's on your computer, your phone, a magazine, or or sleeping around. He's saying you flee that, and so it, it God's word is always going to remain. It's always going to be true. It's not going anywhere. But we need to we need to. I'm going to give you a term. It's called the whole counsel of God. We need to use the whole counsel of God because how many of you? I know I have. I've probably done it. I've had it done to me, and it's not. It's not nice when people do. Uh, we take one verse or part of a verse out of context, and we try and make it the Bible say something that's really not saying. So you look at what everything the Bible says about a particular topic, uh, and you look at the context of the verse. For instance, some people say women can't wear makeup in church or wear makeup at all because there's a verse where it says women shouldn't wear makeup, braid their hair, or wear jewelry. Now. That verse was speaking to a specific situation because that church in particular 
they had temple prostitutes. They didn't have any trouble getting men to go to church at that place. But they had temple prostitutes. Some of y'all paying attention. They had temple prostitutes, and the temple prostitutes braided their hair, wore jewelry and makeup. And so basically what the, the Bible was saying there is don't dress like a hoochie mama. Don't dress up like you work in the street. Be different. What are we supposed to do? Called out. We're supposed to be different. And so you gotta, you've got to read the Word of God and the whole counsel of God of what he's saying. You know, and, uh, and so, you know, there's people that say women should be quiet in church. But yet Paul had told, told other women, while you're preaching, you should be doing this. See, Paul doesn't prohibit women from preaching. And, uh, and so you've got you to you gotta get the whole counsel of God. Well, y'all got quiet when I said that. And let me tell you, we, we've got to get that whole counsel. Second thing is what you're thinking about doing, is it going to make you more like Jesus or less like Jesus? Is what I'm thinking about doing, is it going to make me more like Jesus? Is it going to make me less like Jesus? I mean, if I follow through what I'm feeling, and sometimes what you're feeling, you you know, how many of you ever thought about, okay, somebody cuts me off in traffic. I have actually had the thought, I can catch them. I can catch up with them. And I can pass them. This confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. I can, I can pass them, and then I can, I can come over pretty quick myself. Anybody? Come on, somebody. I know somebody, but don't leave me hanging. I know, I know some of y'all felt the same thing. But see, is it going, that's not going to make me more like Jesus, is it, all right? That's why I don't put I love Jesus on my bumper, you know. I don't want, it, I don't want to shame Jesus, you know. And, uh, and let me tell you, if you're a small tipper, don't leave one of those little red Bibles with a waitress. Put a $20 bill in that thing or something. Leave a good tip, but... But, I mean, is, is what I'm thinking about doing going to make me more like Jesus? Y'all just thank God for Pastor Kathy. She keeps me out of jail and probably from getting beat up and all that because she'll, she'll mention something when, I'm, when she feels me speeding up. She'll go, Pastor Robert. And then, um, and, uh, you know, so, uh, but, you know, is it going to make me more like Jesus? See, salvation is free, but Jesus says, hey, come follow me. Come be like me. Come follow me. Uh, you know, be more like me. God wants us more and more like him every single day. And, uh, and so sal- understand, salvation's free. You don't work, you don't earn it, you don't deserve it. You come to Christ, then he cleans us up, okay? That's called regeneration. He makes us more and more like him. <clears throat> and we're, we're hopefully going to have some things we'll roll out with Acts 2. There's a growth track we're looking at. Uh, we should start small groups. Uh, hopefully there won't have to be Zoom groups, but you know, uh, it, that's a possibility. Uh, we've we've got a we've got a thing I've done with a group of guys called Fresh Start, and I've got a I want to try and make that to where it's a DVD driven thing where you can have that in a group somewhere, a uh, group four or five or whatever, and go through a sixteen lessons that are really good lessons, and and do those things like that in a small group. Uh, because here's the thing: we've got to be more and more like Jesus. Look at Philippians two five. Paul said this: In your lives. In your driving, in your the way you act when somebody cuts you off, when the way you act when somebody waves at you with just one finger, uh, he says, "Think and act like Christ Jesus." That's Philippians two five. It's in your, it's on your sheet. 
any of those times, he wants, we've got to think and act like Jesus. Isn't that hard sometimes? <laughs> Kathy has it difficult. Y'all need to pray for Pastor Kathy. She has, she has, she has it difficult. So if you, you know, is, it going to, is what I'm thinking about doing going to cause me to think and act like Jesus? If you're looking at something on the computer you shouldn't be looking at, then is it going to make you think and act like Jesus? If you're, if you're about to cut somebody off or yell at somebody or whatever, is it going to make you think and act like Jesus? See, if you're doing all these, is it, it, you've, got to, it, you've got to understand, our goal is to look more and more like Jesus. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient. Those thoughts, when that, it's not a sin when that thought pops in your mind. It's a sin when you let it hang out and get comfortable and stay there. And, and you know, when that thought says, I can, I can catch him, that's not, not sin yet. It's just when I press the accelerator. Or when that thought about mm, something, you know, he's fine, you know, and, and, and you got to get that thing out. You take it captive and make it obedient to Jesus. When I'm thinking about being mean, I'm going to make it obedient to Jesus and I'm going to forgive and treat somebody kindly. And so we've got to understand that. We take every thought captive. Maybe you still don't know what Jesus would do. I'm going to give you a filter. You know, I love, I love filters. You know, you, if you don't have a coffee filter, you get coffee grounds in your coffee, right? And so filter filters out everything you don't want in that coffee. And so look at James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. It says, the wisdom from above. How many of you want wisdom from above? All of us do. He says, the wisdom from above is first of all pure. So is what I'm, is what I'm fixing to do, is it pure? It's also peace-loving. Now, catching that dude in traffic is not going to be peace-loving. And today, he may shoot me. Who knows? I mean, that's, that's another thing that helps me keep from chasing people down. Uh, you know, it's also peace-loving. It's gentle at all times. Well, what I'm doing is that gentle. No, I will, you know. Willing to yield to others. Am I, am I willing to yield or be submissive to others? It's full of mercy. Oh, my. And, and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. See, those are filters that you can think through. Is it, am I hearing from God? Well, if I'm hearing from God, it's pure. It's peace-loving, it's gentle, it's yielding. And so that will help you to do that. So will it make you more like Jesus? The third thing that we need to look at is, does godly counsel agree? So godly counsel, write that in in a circle, agree. Because sometimes it won't agree. Pastor Kathy had godly women saying, he's the devil, don't marry him. He's got the big D on his head. Not devil, divorce. You know, and, and then others are saying, Robert's a good catch. I love those people. And, uh, and, and so, but sometimes godly counsel doesn't agree, but you want to seek agreement of godly counsel. Uh, you know, one guy said that he had somebody come and give him a word, you know, said, your marriage is not of God. Don't do it. Break it off. They've been married 30-something years now. But So the guy missed it. The guy told him, said, you missed it. You know, but... Uh, but, you know, we, don't, we can't trust every spirit. I mean, make sure that it's godly counsel and get an agreement on it. Look what Proverbs says. Fools think their own ways right, 
but we want, the wise listen to others. The wise listen to others. We seek godly counsel. Uh, it can be from, from parents. It can be from friends who, who are godly people uh, in church, pastors, uh, counselors, whatever. Proverbs 19 says this, listen to advice, but then here's the next one, accept instruction. I, have, I can't tell you how many people have come to me for counsel over the years, but they don't listen to what you suggest. They just go right on and jump off the cliff. It's like, I thought we agreed that they weren't going to go do that, you know. And, and, and so he said, in the end, you'll be wise. We've got to listen and accept that instruction. I don't like accepting instruction any more than you do. And, uh, and so in the end, you'll be wise. Many of the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So we want to listen to wise and godly counsel. Proverbs 24, 6, he says, So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. You want many advisors. You want advisors when you're making a decision. And, and you want people that kind of have a little bit of a different opinion than you. Smart people will have all sides of, a, of an option they'll look at, and then they've got to make a decision. Now, what I'm not saying is, Okay, you go to one person and they say, no, you shouldn't do that. Okay, you go to another one and they say, no, you shouldn't do that. I'm looking for somebody who's going to tell me yes, you know. And if you go to enough different people, you'll find somebody say, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And then you say, oh, that's godly counsel. That's not what I'm talking about. Anybody besides me ever done that? Some of y'all are honest. All right. I mean, that's like saying, Lord, if it's your will for me to buy this dozen Krispy Kremes, let the light be on when I pull in the parking lot. And it was after five times around the parking lot. I mean, you know. Does godly counsel agree? Number four. Number four, do I have peace? Do I have peace? Hey, look, we don't worship an external God. We worship a God who lives in us. And one of the ways he speaks to us is he gives you a peace right here. You feel it. You feel it. It's a physical he gives you a peace that we just don't understand because we've got the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And, 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 and probably most of you have felt when, when what your spirit's wanting to do, that old nature is wanting to do something contrary to the Holy Spirit living in you, you can feel that tension. And you can feel the Holy Spirit saying, no, Robert, come back this way. And, and so do I have peace? See, God, God has a peace that, that the world can't give us. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, God is a God, not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. A God of peace. He's going to give you a peace. And, uh, I, you know, I, I can't tell you, there's been times where, where I, you know, there's nothing feels better than when you close your eyes at night and you, you've got that peace, knowing that, that at least that day you did what God wanted you to do. It's a, it, it's a peace. And, uh, and so you want to... You want to experience that. Paul said in Philippians, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Then here's the sentence. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You see, God's peace, it exceeds anything you can understand. You're working in a chaotic situation, but you've got peace. Why? Because God's peace exceeds. Is something people can't understand. I remember uh, years ago in hospital work, uh, we were have, we'd go through this inspection. It's called joint commission. Basically, if you failed it, your hospital closed. I mean, it was it was these these people were going crazy. I remember the 
the bar bill for some of them that went out drinking was, was I would have liked to have had that kind of money for my salary. But, I mean, they, because they're just unwinding. And somebody said, how can you be so calm? God's peace. It was a witnessing opportunity. Because I'm going to do the best I can and leave the results to God. And, and, uh, and, uh, and so sometimes it worked out good when I wouldn't lie on a report. It didn't work out good. But anyway, uh, but I had peace when I went to bed at night. You want that God's peace. And people can't understand what that is, but God will give it to you in a chaotic situation and in a grieving situation. When my dad died, peace. I, I mean, I used to try and imagine what it would be like, and, and I just I couldn't imagine it. It was so horrible when I was younger. And, uh, and, but God showed up, and there was peace there. When my mama died, you know, my sweet little mama, there was peace. Sorrow, yes, but peace, because I knew where she was. And, and because of her conversation with Daddy on the way out, I knew where he was for sure, you know. I mean, I always kind of wondered a little bit. But, uh, you know, um, but uh, just joking. But, it, it, you know, he gives you a peace that you can't understand. And look, his peace will guard your hearts. That's like, a, like putting an army around your heart. He'll guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So that peace will guide us and help us guide. So let me just wrap this up. We... Kind of, this is the last one of this frequency sermons. And uh, so here's some things I want to leave you with. Number one, now frequency can also be not just being on the right channel, but how often we do something. So that's this next one. Tune in to God every day. You need to tune in to God every day. That, that, listen, we want Bible reading and all that. And you need to read your Bible every day. You need to pray every day. But the, the goal is not to check off that I did it today. The goal is to meet the Jesus in the reading. It's to meet the Jesus in the Bible that I'm reading. So you might have you might have your Old Testament, your New Testament, your Psalm and Proverb to read in your one-year Bible, but you get stuck on that first verse where God is speaking to you. That's all you needed to read because you found the God in the, in the verse. Tune in to God every day. John 10, 4 says, when he gets them all out, when the shepherd gets all the sheep out, he leads them and they follow him because they're familiar with his voice. We've got to listen to God every day so we know his voice. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, you, 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 you know, you, you've had a child. You can have a room full of children. If yours screams bloody murder, how many of you recognize that voice when they were little? Say, so we've been in a room full of people. She can come in and say, Robert, and I understand who's talking to us. And, and so you begin to recognize that voice. That's how we need to be with Jesus. We need to recognize his voice when he says your name. Because he calls us by name. He calls us by name. We need, to, we need to tune out things that oppose God. We need to tune in to God every day, but we need to tune out anything that opposes God. I mean, movies. People say, well, I used to say this. This movie doesn't bother me. I'd say, yeah, violent movies don't bother me. I'd watch watch Black Hawk down, and I'm wanting to go, like, blow up Somalia. I'm wanting to go back over there. I watch We Were Soldiers, We Were Young. I'm ready to start the Vietnam War again. I mean, you know, it's just, it, it, oh, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> Kathy, you know, would say, I mean, football messes with me sometimes. She told me one time, I'm not letting you watch any more Saints games if you can't be nicer. This, this kid was driving down my side. Of his, I, I was right, though. This kid's riding a bike right at me in, my, in the street. And I'm thinking, if this is dodgeball, you better dodge because I'm not moving. And she's going, Pastor Robert. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, 
Uh, but Saints had lost like last second. You know how we do. And uh, so we've got to tune out things that oppose God. You know, you might say that movie, there was a story I read. These kids, this kid wanted to have his friends over to watch an R-rated movie. It was R, it just had one scene in it. He said, Mama, it's just got one little bad part. The rest of it's really good. And, uh, and, and this one bad part, it won't mess with it. Won't, I mean, we didn't even close our eyes during this part. And, and all, and so she said, okay, get your friends over. And she said, I'll make some brownies. And she's down there mixing up the brownies. And, and while she's mixing up the, the brownies, the mixer's going, she goes out in the yard where Rover does his little business. And she grabs a few little pebbles of Rover's business and puts them in the brownies. And she comes back and says, son, look, all, these brownies are all good. He says, there's just one little ingredient in here you might not like. But it, it, it probably won't hurt you. How many of y'all would eat that brownie knowing that? Well, that's the same thing. We've got to put movies, music, TV shows that, that have that thing, uh, you know. Uh, we've got to tune out things that oppose God in our culture and in, in what we watch. It's John 10, 5, Jesus said, they won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him they don't, because they don't know his voice. We need to learn to run away from the things that aren't God. We need to run away from from things that oppose God. And we've got to tune out those other voices and tune in God's. Lastly, write this down. Take steps towards what God has spoken. Jesus said, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we've got to take steps towards what God has spoken. See, Jesus says, follow me. And so we've got to follow him. And so, let me see if I can land this plane tonight. We wrap this series up. I want you, just want you to close your eyes a minute. I just want you to ask God, what are you saying to me tonight? I mean, there's probably one of these points that God's spoken to you. He may be saying, hey, you know, you need to start tuning in to me. You need to tune out some things. You need to follow me. something in here in this passage tonight some of y'all need God's guidance some of you need his peace some of you need to take that step and follow if you're here tonight or if you're watching and you've not experienced that peace it's hard to describe there's a it's a peace that hits right here in your chest and I know because I didn't have it or received Jesus. It's really why I accepted Jesus. Because I didn't have an inner peace. When it was just me and the four walls of my room and God, I wasn't at peace. So I invited Christ to come into my life and to be the Savior and Lord of my life. See, I saw, I saw that peace in a friend of mine named John. I said, John, what is it? There's something different. He, you know, and he just shared with me over time it was a relationship with Jesus never mentioned church just talked about Jesus and I think it's important to be in church but church doesn't save me any more than sitting in my garage makes me a car it's a relationship with Jesus Christ and if, and if you when you struggle with having peace in your life when everything out here is crazy and it is crazy see Jesus gives us a peace nobody understands that's why I accepted Christ. You may be here tonight, you just need guidance. You got some decisions, whatever it is. 
God wants you to accept Him. He wants you to be all in with Him. He says, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And if you'll open that door to your heart, I'll come into your heart and I will live in you. I will walk in you. I'll I'll live life through you. He said, He'll make us more and more like Him. So if you're here tonight and you don't know for sure, maybe, maybe you just don't know if you died, you'd go to heaven or not. 65 people died today of COVID. I was leaving the church yesterday and I got a call. There was a traffic fatality. I had to go go out on and comfort some people. That person didn't know they were going to die that day. Maybe you don't know if an asteroid hit this building, if you'd go to heaven or hell. God wants you to know tonight. He wants you to know because Jesus paid the price for your sin. He said, if you receive me, that's all, that's what it takes. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want to pray this prayer with me, let's just all pray it out loud. If you mean this in your heart, you want to make a change in your life, God will come into your life, He'll forgive you of your sin, and He'll begin to change you. You know, for me, the next day, I mean, I used to have kind of a dirty mouth. 